A grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, once more, it is my privilege to be able to stand before you and tell you about the great love that God has for you. It's perhaps easy to read our Old Testament lesson for today and say, oh, God was just kind of talking about those other people, you know, like 6,000 years ago or whatever the timeline was. And I, I don't know that that really applies to me. And yet, dear friends, the Lord gives those very same words to us as well, that we are his chosen, that we are precious to him. We are unique in his sight. We here today. Of course, the Bible tells us that, you know, many, many are called. Yes, everyone, in fact, is called. The Bible tells us that God desires for every single person to be saved, for every single person to come to the knowledge of him. And yet it also tells us many are lost. Only a few will be saved. That many travel the broad path that leads to destruction. Only a few travel the narrow path that leads to life. And yet those same words come to us that came to the people of Israel. You are my chosen people. You are the apple of my eye, God says. In another place. Right? Now, you, you ever think of, about when you got poked in the eye? Right? And, and you know, you, you, you flinched and it, it hurt, and you know, your whole eye started watering, and, and your body made a, a lot of adjustments, didn't it? Just because uh, your little eye, a tiny little part of your body, got poked. When God says that you're the apple of his eye, he says when something bad happens to you, I'm making thousands of little adjustments because I want good things for you. I want all things to work for your good. When you're following me, when you're called according to my purpose. See, God loves us that much. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die upon the cross. We should never get tired of hearing that, should we? And yet, perhaps sometimes we do. And perhaps today you're saying, you know, really, how much does God really love me? How much? Now, I've been going through some hard times, perhaps. Some things are not working out just the way that, that I want them to. I'm struggling in different areas of my life. I want to know that not only did God love me a couple thousand years ago, I want to know that he loves me here today. And so I get to stand before you. I get to reassure you. God does have that love for you. 
And, and, and you know what, you, you fellas, especially here today, it, it's not just a, a wimpy kind of love. Because sometimes, you know, we start to think that maybe Jesus, he was maybe just, just kind of wimpy, you know. But he maybe would send me a, a Hallmark card or something. He'd say, hey, sorry you had a, a bad day. You know, Phil, Phil, Jill, you know. They'd say, oh, well, I got a nice card from, from God. Isn't that sweet? He was thinking of me. He, he noticed what was happening. No, the, the fact is that, that God loves us so much that he sent Jesus as a hard, masculine fellow, didn't he? You think about when Jesus talks about love, he's talking really about a hard, masculine thing, isn't he? He's talking about a love that would lay down and allow spikes to be driven through his hands and his feet for the person that he cares about. He's talking about someone who would go to a cross in order to save the one that he loves. He's talking about someone that would endure incredible cruelty in order that we could have something better. Now, really, he's kind of talking about maybe, you know, our folks from previous generations, isn't he? Because, yeah, our, our culture... It's become kind of soft, right? I mean, truthfully, our culture doesn't understand what it is actually to, to work that hard, do they? I remember I, I was talking to a, a elderly lady now, and she had been one to, to always be working and active in the church, one to always be, be helpful, one to you know entertain um, you know lots of people in her home over the, the span of her life. And I, I asked her once, you know, what what do you think it, it was that, that made it you know so that you could be such a hard worker? And, and and she looked at me and she said, well, when I was just a little girl, I saw how hard my mom worked on the farm and I just wanted to start helping her. And, and so, you know, she's just a, a, a little gal, maybe even only four or five. And she says, you know what? My mom works really hard on the farm every single day and she needs some help and I, I want to help her. And so she, she did. And so she started. And, and so she began to work serving others. And yet, you know what? Your, your granddad's love was like that, wasn't it? Your dad's love, it, it was like that. Now, he went out every single day. Some, some of your, your dads, your granddads, maybe worked two extra jobs in order to keep the, the farm together. And plus, they did all the stuff on the farm anyway. And they worked from sunup to sundown. And, and maybe you never even heard them complain about anything. You see, that's the kind of love that Jesus has. You know, when we're looking at the, the last words of, of Christ upon the cross, it's not like, oh, the, the first word of Jesus was, ouch, that really hurt. And then, why are you guys so mean? 
and boy, I hope this day is over soon. And then a bunch of a curse and swear words that we can't mention, you know. But guess what? It, you know, if, if, if people got together today and, and they hung me on a cross, those would probably be the, the words of, of Job. But the words of Jesus express that hard, masculine love, right? What, what does he care about? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? I, I need to make some provisions for my mom. John, here is your mother. Mom, I want you to go with John and live with him. The last words of Jesus are words of caring. They're, they're words of, you know, taking care of business. They're, they're not words of, of, of whining. They're not words of, of complaining. But they're the words of a man who is demonstrating great love. You see, that is how much Jesus loves us. It's a, a hard masculine love. It's the kind of love that your grandfather showed to you while you were growing up. It's the kind of love that your dad created within your home for you. It's the kind of love that Jesus first showed us. You see, he loves us that much. He cares that much. He knows the circumstances that you're going through. And instead of just sending a greeting card, instead of just saying, oh, hey, I'm sure everything will be okay. He actually comes into our lives and begins to make changes, doesn't he? You know, perhaps one of the greatest challenges that the people had worshiping God in the ancient world is that the religious system was becoming Everyone knew they were supposed to go to the temple once a year and, and they're supposed to offer a sacrifice. But many of them, they had to travel for maybe three or four weeks. And so, you know, to, to gather your animals together, right, to be able to, to feed them and water them and make the journey uh, to Jerusalem with your sacrificial animals, it became difficult. And so the, the priest came up with a, a brilliant idea, and they said, hey, we can have temple livestock, right? You can travel here to the temple in Jerusalem. You, you can select your sacrifice from the livestock that we have on hand, and it's very convenient for you, and won't that be a, a good thing? And people said, well, hey, that sounds pretty good, right? And so they would arrive in, in Jerusalem, and they would want to make a sacrifice, and, you know, they begin to try to find out, how can I do this? And the people at the temple say, well, your currency is no good here. You have to trade it for the temple currency. And so, oh, okay, but I got ripped off, you see. I don't feel like it was a fair trade when I exchanged my money for the temple currency. And then, of course, because I have to buy the special temple animal with my temple currency, they can charge whatever they want. And so now I get ripped off again because they, you took my money in exchange and it didn't seem fair. And then you boosted the price of your livestock and that didn't <clears throat> seem fair. And if I have anything left, I have to exchange it back again for real money 
because nobody else will take the, this temple currency. And so I get there, and the deal keeps getting worse all the time. You know, that, that's something I, I personally hate, right? And I'm sure that you do too. But you, you get into some kind of a deal, and it seems like it's just getting worse layer by layer and, and level by level until you can imagine the people coming to worship God, to offer a sacrifice, are just really annoyed. Right? Instead of feeling like they've accomplished something, instead of feeling like they made a good sacrifice to the Lord, that their sins are, are now forgiven, they're feeling like, you know what, the temple is just a place where I get ripped off. And I'm supposed to go there at least once a year. And, and this is going to happen again next year. You remember what Jesus did? He made a whip in his holy anger. He laid into the people that were part of this conspiracy. He flipped over the tables of the money changers and scattered their coins. Right? He went into that situation as a man. Didn't he? he didn't just walk in and say, oh, you, you guys better be nicer. Oh, you, 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 you guys are doing bad things. Oh, you, you should shape up a, a little better. Something might happen. Oh, he made a whip. He was whipping people with that whip. He was throwing their things around. He was wrecking their kind of extortion business. They're perpetrating upon the worshiper. You see, Jesus was a hard, masculine man, and he loved people so very much. He was willing to do this sort of thing to save the life of the temple, to save the people's sense of worship, to enable them to see the true God once again. He longs to do that for you and your life. Yeah, again, in our generation, many people, they come to the verse and they say, well, you know, Jesus said to turn the other cheek, right? And, and yeah, the, the Bible says that, doesn't it? But you know what? In, in the ancient world, to be struck upon the cheek, that was just really a, a kind of public insult. You know, much like a, a slap you might see today, right? Sometimes people get slapped still in public. A couple hundred years ago in our nation's history, you know, a man might slap another man. He meant it as an insult. I, I despise you. I don't like you very much. And so that, right, when turn the other cheek, that's what Jesus is talking about. It wasn't a life-threatening kind of a blow to a person, but rather it was an insult to the person. Jesus is saying to us, if somebody insults you, yeah, I, I, I want you to take that. I want you to, to bear with that. I, I don't want you to escalate when that happens. He's not saying if someone socked you in the jaw and two of your teeth flew out the other side, that I want you to absorb that. Right? We need to be able to see the, the difference in these things, right? If somebody insults me, yeah, I, I want to turn 
to them a, a, a softer side. If somebody is ridiculing me, right, I want to be able to absorb that. If someone is trying to injure me, they're trying to break bones in my body, they want to you know, dislodge some of my teeth, then Jesus says maybe it's time to take care of business. Maybe it's time to make a whip and cleanse the temple. Maybe it's time to be able to help people to understand that God doesn't want that for them. That God wants them to be loved. You know, if when you were growing up as a, a youngster and you were being bullied at school and that bully came around your house, your dad just kind of pushed you out the door and locked the door and said, hey, I guess you need to learn something from this experience and I hope it comes out okay. You'd think your dad was kind of a crummy dad, wouldn't you? You may think that, that your dad was kind of an abusive dad. And yet, dear friends, how often do we think of God perhaps in those same terms? Though I'm in a kind of an abusive situation, oh, you know, things are going kind of wrong in my life. There's people actually threatening my physical health, and yet somehow maybe God is going to work this for my good. And I can, you know, maybe take a couple of beatings and I can, you know, just kind of learn to toughen up a little bit. Sometimes people think that way. And yet, dear friends, that is never part of God's plan. Rather, God loves people. Rather, in fact, in my example, God sent his son outside to confront the poor. And the fact of the matter is that Jesus, of course, he just volunteered, didn't he? You see, there you were, and the bully was coming to your house, and there was a God, and Jesus says, hey, Dad, let me handle this. And he went out in your place, and he bore the brunt of the shame, and he took the beatings, and he went even to the cross, and he even suffered death there. He experienced all things just as we do. And he bore the pain. He took it upon himself so that we could be saved. You see, dear friends, that is the love that Jesus has for you. That's the love that God wants to extend to you. A love that cares deeply about you. A love that will intervene in situations where you don't quite understand how to go forward. A love that wants to protect you, to hold you carefully in its hands. To give you a purpose and a future. A love that never fails. Amen.
And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.